There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Did you know that to the Aztecs, the avocado was a symbol of virility and enhanced fertility? In fact, the Nahual word for avocado, aguacatl, means testicle. What? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's uncover the history of the avocado. My name is Eva Longoria. And I am Maite Gomez-Rejon. And welcome to... Hungry for History, a podcast that explores our past and present through food. On every episode, we'll talk about the history of some of our favorite dishes, ingredients, and beverages. So make yourself at home. Y buen provecho. Okay, wait, 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 wait. The Nahuatl word for avocado means testicle. It kind of makes sense. It looks like a testicle. It's shaped like a testicle. And it also, it's funny to do this with my hands while I'm saying saying this, but it actually also grows in pairs. So it's shaped like a testicle. It grows in pairs. And to the Aztecs, it had properties of virility and enhanced fertility. It has a lot of oil and a lot of protein. Um, So it was a powerful source of energy, which is why it was a symbol of you know, virility. Um, but yeah, aguacatl. The word aguacate comes from aguacatl, which means testicle. Te- <laughs> that is so funny. So, so guacamole, mm-hmm. where does the word guacamole come from? Guacamole comes from aguacamuli, which literally translates into avocado sauce. Like when we think of mole, you know, the, the, the sauce with chocolate and chiles and all of that, mole means, was now our first sauce. So aguacamuli is avocado sauce. Oh. It's basically, this is a food that was consumed, you know, in Mexico pre-conquest, mashed in a molcajete with a little bit of salt, wrapped in a tortilla like we would have as an after-school snack, or yeah. with a little bit of avocado in a, in a tortilla. So it's yeah. it's an ancestral food. I did a commercial for avocados from Mexico one year, and Americans eat around 140 million pounds of avocado during Super Bowl Sunday alone. It's Just Super Bowl Sunday. Now, do you think Americans know that when they're eating 140 million pounds of it during Super Bowl weekend, that it's a Mesoamerican dish? 
No, I doubt it. I mean, nobody thinks about that. It's just, oh, chips and guac, right? Chips and guac. It's just has become- It's such an, it's become a staple to the American diet. Totally. Totally. I knew they were native to the Americas, um, but I didn't know they were thousands of years old. They're thousands of years old. We actually don't know exactly how old they are, Uh but- Avocado seeds have been found in archaeological sites in modern-day Puebla dating to around 8,000 B.C. So it could be, you know, much longer than that, but that's the earliest archaeological evidence. So now does, that's 10,000 years. That's 10,000 years ago. But does the, is the avocado seasonal? It is, I mean, in some areas it grows year round, but it, so in some areas in Mexico, so most avocados now in Mexico grow in Michoacan, which is a very temperate climate. So Mm. there, yes, it's a pretty hardy tree as long as it's in a mild temperature. It can sometimes withstand freezing temperatures, but it doesn't really like it. It's one of the few fruits that doesn't ripen on the tree. So you can pick it early, Travel it to, you know, your supermarkets all over the world, and then it ripens, which is interesting. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the most surprising facts that I learned about avocado, um, that it's the only fruit that doesn't ripen on the tree. It could hang on the tree for up to 16 months. So it's a great run of, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, it, it's kind of amazing. And if you grow it from seed, I don't know if you did that when you were a kid, just take the seed. And yes, the, so, I did. And mm-hmm. it, it, you, you can start sprouting. It's, if you grow it from a seed, it'll take about up to 13 years to actually For produce, it to produce fruit. fruit. Yeah. Mm. And, but it, once it produces fruit, yeah, it can hang for 16 months, at least 16 months. Once you pluck it, then it starts to ripen. Well, not only that, like you said, it takes 13 years for it to produce fruit. But there's an avocado tree like 500 years old in Puebla. Like, the oldest, they last yeah. a long time. They can last a long time. That's the oldest still existing tree is about 500 years old, but they could live over 100 years. I mean, it's a very hardy tree. They only produce fruit for about 50 years, but that's still a pretty good run. Still a pretty good run. Did you ever use the leaves in in a tea? Not in tea, although in pre-colonial Mexico, it was used in tea to cleanse, you know, like for stomach problems. Also, Mm -hmm. the oil was used to diminish scars in cosmetics for split ends and for dandruff. But I like to use the leaves in beans, like to season my beans. Mm. And it has this really interesting sort of anise scent, um, which gives the, the, the beans. But I've never actually had it in a tea. Have you? No, I'm not a fan of it. And I, I know people who put it in their beans and, and I, it, it gives it an anise taste to me because I don't like anise. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. But um, I, I have seen a lot of people use it. I actually, especially traveling through Mexico this past couple months, I've seen a lot of people use use it medicinally, like for stomach aches and stuff. Yeah, it has really great anti-inflammatory properties and antifungal properties. So it was used a lot. The leaves were used, you know, the oil was used, and even the pit. I've never actually used the avocado pit, but the avocado uh-huh. pit was, you know, ground to use as a condiment for salads and uh-huh. also used um, for cough and for sore throats. So it's interesting how... All aspects of this fruit are are used. Was it the Spanish conquistadors that took the plant to Europe? 
Well, pre-conquest, it made its way, you know, through Central America all the way to Peru. I mean, in Peru, they, uh-huh. there's the Quechua uh, name for avocado is palta, and they, they still called it the uh-huh. avocado palta there. Um, but it eventually, during the, the colonial period, it made its way to the Caribbean, right, to Cuba and to Puerto Rico and Jamaica. But the Spaniards then took it to Europe. It was, it was one of these interesting fruits that it was unlike anything they had tasted in the old world, but the earliest written evidence of it dates to 1526. This historian, Spanish historian in Mexico, Fernandez de Oviedo, he described the avocado. In the center of the fruit is a seed like a peeled chestnut. And between this and the rind is the part which is eaten, which is abundant, and is a paste similar to butter and a very good taste. But they were Mm. eating it with cheese, and they were also adding a little bit of sugar to it. Um, So they were eating it in a very different way than we eat it today. But also, they didn't really, you know, they didn't really want a lot of people to eat it because of its lustful qualities. What do you mean? Is it like an aphrodisiac or something? Exactly, because it was considered an aphrodisiac. So a little bit, you know, a couple of decades later, Francisco Fernandez, the doctor of King Philip II, in his natural histories, he was describing, you know, how wonderful this tree is, but also saying that it excites sexual appetite and increases semen count. So it was like, oh, we need to be a little bit cautious of it because it had these, you know, qualities. Which I find it so interesting. But yes, but eventually the Spaniards took it over and from there it made its way all over, you know, all over Europe, really. When we come back, we're sharing some recipes with you. Stay with us. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. 
Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I was actually just this morning when um, when we did our home cooks episode. We we talked about this book by this woman Vicenta Torres de Rubio, eighteen ninety six. I was like, oh, let me see what avocado recipes are in here, and there are four avocado recipes in here, unlike anything that we really have today. Avocados stuffed with sardines, right? This is eighteen ninety six stuffed with sardines. Avocados yeah. in a nogada sauce with the walnut sauce that goes with chiles and nogada. So okay. they have the avocados with roasted tomatoes, this walnut sauce, and then topped with pomegranate seeds. Yeah. Not something that I would think to do today, but now I, I really yeah. want to do it. Avocados stuffed with picadillo, which is okay. ground meat with vinegar and oregano and sliced onion. And then the guacamole. The guacamole is really interesting because it says, this I find so interesting, slice it with a silver or wooden knife, not iron because it gives it bad flavor and color, right? So then you put it on a platter and you add oil, vinegar, onion, oregano, chile ancho, Ooh fried in lard or pickled chiles, and sometimes you can mash it. So wait, she fried the chile or she fried the whole thing? Fried the chile. So put it in a platter and then topped aceite, vinagre, cebolla, oregano, chile anche, frito en manteca. So the chile fried in in lard or chilitos en vinagre. So or pickled chiles. So you, you don't put it in a molcajete and grind it? She says you either put this on a platter and just leave it like this, and then there are some people that mash it. I think we're going to have a a guacamole battle because I I have some very sacrilegious rules about guacamole. How do you make your guacamole? Just lime and salt. That's it. Okay. Okay. You're a purist. I love it. I'm a purist. What about you? You're a purist. I I do tomato and onion. So I I, I do, here's my rule. So I do avocado, tomato and onion, white onion, by the way, not red onion, white onion, uh, a lot of salt and a lot of yellow lemon, not lime. No, my rule is lime is for salsa and lemon is for guacamole. Really? Yeah, except- Except if I'm eating it in a corn tortilla, then I put lime. But literally, I like my guacamole like lemonade. I, I knew you would be a purist, but like I <laughs> hate when people put mayonnaise oh God, in no. their guacamole. Oh, oh no. my God. I'm in like, anything. what are you doing? Ah, that's disgusting. Ooh. I've never seen, I've that's never. Disgusting. That's the, that's. Garlic. That's, Garlic does not belong in guacamole. No, I've never um, had it without. I, that's how I feel about tomato in guacamole. Whenever I have a tomato, I'm like, this is, this is filler. This is just filler. I hate to see guacamole recipes with mayonnaise. Who was the first person to put mayonnaise in guacamole? Like that's so dumb. So dumb. It's already creamy. It doesn't need anything. Yes. I have a a very, I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate about this mayonnaise rule. That's, but I do, I will say we go through in my household, 12 to 15 avocados a week. Really? Oh, yeah. It's like my, well, my husband and I, 
and my son. I mean, we just eat them every day. Every day. I don't think there's a day that goes by that I don't eat an avocado. Yeah. Every time I go to the grocery store, I buy avocado. It's always on my shopping list. You know, always. Always. Always, always. always. And either guacamole or just sliced. You know, another way that I really love it is cubes. Like if I'll make like a like a chicken soup, like some sort of warm, you know, caldo, especially now that it's so cold out, and just cubed avocados in a warm soup. I love that. I love the feeling of that warm <gasps> oh, with the with yeah. the with the creaminess of yeah. the avocado. Yeah. I make an amazing tortilla soup and it's incomplete without avocado in it. Yes, I agree. It's such yeah. it's so good. It's so versatile. Um, sopa de fideo, I have to have avocado in my sopa de fideo. You yes. have to have You avocado. have to have it. You have to have the little cubes. It's that, little pieces yeah. of tortilla, little pieces yeah. of cube cheese. It goes together. Yes. And it's so versatile. Yeah. I make this really amazing chocolate avocado pudding. It's I so good. I am on good. board with that. It, you, I need the recipe to that. All right, I'm going to start making my chocolate avocado pudding, which is the most delicious thing, everybody really, everybody loves it. Um, I have one cup of water heating, I'm gonna add 3 fourths cup sugar, quarter cup of cocoa powder, and about a tablespoon of vanilla extract. Then I have two very ripe avocados that I'm going to put in a food processor. I'm gonna slice them, remove the pit, scoop them into the food processor. I just process that until it looks super, super smooth and not at all uh, chunky, just like a smooth avocado. Sugar is simmering. And I'm gonna melt one cup of chocolate chips. I'm using bittersweet chocolate chips. I'm gonna stick these in the microwave for about 30 second increments so it doesn't burn. Okay, my water, sugar, cocoa powder mixture is now um, melted. I'm gonna take that off the heat. I'm gonna pour this liquid into the food processor with the avocado. It's still warm. All right, so now it's this light, sort of greenish brown mixture, the avocado and the liquid, and I'm gonna check my chocolate chips again. My chocolate is perfectly melted. It's super smooth and silky. I'm gonna add this to the food processor. Blend this together. And now it's just, oh my gosh. Chocolate avocado. It has a creaminess of butter. Oh gosh, that's it. It's really dark, brown, rich, amazing. I'm gonna scoop this into ramekins and I'm gonna refrigerate it for, I would say about three hours just until it sets and it will thicken a little bit. And then I'm gonna garnish it with cocoa nibs and it's the perfect dessert for Valentine's Day for Super Bowl, for any day. It's delicious, it's healthy-ish, and it is gorgeous. 
it's the avocado making the chocolate creamier as opposed to mayonnaise in avocado. Like it's like a, it's like an oxymoron. You're doing creamy, creamy, but an avocado chocolate mousse, that is like, yes. We're going to post that recipe to that because it's so good because it's creamy. It doesn't have butter. It doesn't have eggs. It doesn't have anything. The bitterness of the chocolate, but then it has this creamy sensation in a very good way. Don't go anywhere. Hungry for History will be right back. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back to Hungry for History. With Super Bowl and Valentine's Day around the corner, we thought we'd feature a chef to give us some tips on making the perfect guacamole. Here is Chef Manuel Treviño, the Vice President of Culinary Operations at Rosa Mexicano Restaurants. He also happens to be from my hometown of Laredo, Texas. My name is Manuel Trevino. I'm based in New York City, but I was born and raised in South Texas in a town called Laredo, Texas. As long as I can remember, probably about the age of six or seven, it's when I really started cooking in my mom's kitchen. It's always been a passion of mine. I love food and quickly learned that my destiny was the restaurant business. It's been an incredible journey and something that I wouldn't change for anything. At Rosa Mexicana, we make guacamole for you tableside. We'll pull up a little cart, and inside of Morcajete, we'll start building the guacamole right in front of your eyes. Little red onion, cilantro, chilies. We use a combination of cerrado and jalapeno. We will mash that up into a paste with a little kosher salt, and then to that, we'll fold in the avocado. We'll finish it off with a little bit more cilantro, 
a little bit of onion, the chili mixture, and some diced tomatoes. The one thing that we don't do is we don't add lime juice to it. You know, we found that it really produces a, a really avocado-forward guacamole, if you will, and our customers love it. It's what they keep coming back for since 1984. The molcajete really allows us to create our seasoning paste. And by using the mano, we mash all those ingredients. The molcajete itself is quite porous. So it really assists in the grinding and extraction of those essential oils. Those oils then marry very well with the fats of the avocado, seasoning the avocado from the inside out, if you will. The molcajete is then anointed as well with all those essential oils. So the flavor profile becomes much richer and deeper than you would just folding in those ingredients. But the key, again, with a molcajete, besides tradition, besides its functionality, it really takes on those flavors and creates a guacamole that's richer and deeper in flavor than you would get from just taking the ingredients, combining them in a normal bowl, and folding everything together. It's really about the layering of flavor, and it all starts with that molcajete. I get very proud of the fact that Mexico is the primary world exporter of, of avocados. Of avocado, yeah, it is. I think it's yeah. something like 80% of avocado comes from, comes but from Mexico. I read that the California Avocado Commission blocked it from entering the U.S. between 1914 and 1997. It's a long until time. Until 1997. They couldn't keep up with the demand, so then they finally opened the doors to Mexico and was like, all right. The exactly. U.S. Department of Agriculture was like, okay. All right, come on in. The California Avocado Commission was so strong, and there were so many avocados being produced in California, like really good avocados being consumed in, in, in California. So this is why they were saying, oh, you know, Mexican avocados have a plague, and they're bringing plague to the U.S., which wasn't true, but eventually— avocados got really popular. I mean, 1997. So when we grew up, right, in South Texas, probably the, the avocados that we were purchasing in South Texas was from California, but they couldn't keep okay. up with the demand. I remember, you know, growing up in Laredo on the border, we used to go across and that's where we used to buy the avocados. There was a, a fruit stand, Fruteria Gonzalez, I remember. We used to go to Fruteria Gonzalez. They had the best avocados in Nuevo Laredo. They used to just remove the pit so we would be able to, to cross it. Um, oh. It's crazy how much power, how much control an organization crazy. can have. Well, talking about power, I thought it was a rumor, but this is actually true that avocado exporting is such a big business that the cartels have tried or are trying to control the supply chain. It is big business. I mean, the avocado, it's, it's, it's green gold, for oro verde. It's could be referred to as green gold. There is so much money involved. So a lot of the, the drug cartels are going to farmers or going to exporters, and they're trying yeah. to infiltrate. Like any business that makes so much money, they're trying to infiltrate. Limes are also a big part. I mean, limes are not limes. native to, to Mexico, but it is also such a big business. I didn't know there were 500 varieties of avocado. 
like, at least 500. I was like, what? What do you mean? Is that, is that because of GMOs? Like, is it, is it genetically modified? I don't necessarily know about GMOs. I mean, I remember the first time I went to Oaxaca many, many years ago, I tasted an avocado. It was like, like the size of an egg. It was tiny Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the peel was super, super thin. You could bite it like an apple and it had a very intense sort of anise taste. But there are main varieties of avocado. The Mexican Mm -hmm. one was like, which is like a little egg or like a little size of a plum that's very anise-y. And then there's the Guatemalan one. And it's like black. And, and it's, it's more, like and black. It's bla- the Mexico ones are, are black, yeah. Yes, yes, like thin skin and and black, uh-huh. which was those. And then there's the Guatemalan, which is a larger fruit. And then there are also avocados are also grown in Israel, Africa, China. Right now they're growing China. Yeah, right now they're being grown everywhere. But from these sort of main varieties, there are many hybrids. So they'll take like the strongest ones, like the Haas avocado, which is the avocado that's. The one that's the most consumed, uh, probably the ones that everybody is more familiar with in the U.S., and that was first developed here in in California, not far from Los Angeles. La Habra, yeah. La Habra, Habra, yeah. So this is a combination of two different avocados. It's named the Haas avocado. I didn't realize that was somebody's name. Rudolf Haas. Rudolf Haas. Rudolf Haas. He was an amateur botanist, gardener, and he was a postal worker. So this is kind of an interesting story, right? In the early 1900s, California was just, everybody wanted to move to California. It's this, the land of sunshine, and it was this whole thing, oh, you plant two avocado trees, you put a hammock in the middle, and then you're going to become rich, right? So he decided to move to California from Wisconsin. He bought an acre of land in La Habra, and he, you know, took these avocados, this fuerte avocado that came from an avocado in Mexico that was grafted here in California. It survived this frost, this this freeze of 1911, um, and it was named fuerte because it was so strong. So this Rudolph has, he took some of this fuerte, some of these avocados, and combined them, grafted them with these other avocados, taking two different really strong avocados and putting them together to create this really resistant tree, this new tree that grew year round. And he named it the Haas avocado. And he patented this patented this avocado in 1935. And by the 1970s, Haas avocado represented more than 80% of the avocados in California. And this is something that this amateur gardener, postman from Wisconsin, he basically created this. And he made, sadly, his patent um, expired in 1952, and he made like $5,000 this whole time. Yeah, it's kind of a sad story. I don't know why, uh, I don't even question what Haas meant. I was like, that's obviously a plant type. (laughs) Right? I think Haas is like, yeah, because we live in California, that's like, we always buy Haas avocados. They're just the most common. They're the most common. And they're they're the best tasting. They're they're really good because they're, I feel like they're consistent. Like you always know what you're going to get. But it's also yeah. this particular avocado, Haas avocado, it's also grown in Mexico now. It's so resistant. It grows year round. It's really strong. It's really flavorful. It's sort of yeah. the, the perfect, the yeah. perfect I like hybrid. a flavorful, like all the fruit in Mexico is so flavorful. Avocados and mangoes and pineapple and cucumbers. I mean, like things have taste in Mexico. It does. Which I love. I have thoroughly enjoyed this episode because- Me too. 
I thought I knew the avocado. Let me tell you, the avocado and I are really good friends and I thought I knew everything about it and I didn't, there's a lot of stuff I didn't know. I didn't know it was an aphrodisiac. I didn't know it procures lust. <laughs> yeah, and avocado is the best, the best. I love it too. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to Hungry for History. Thank you. Hungry for History is an unbelievable entertainment production in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more of your favorite shows, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.